0: You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship weekend message podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend. Sunday mornings at 9:15 or 11 here at 847 York Street.
1: Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you, and Father's Day, apparently. Uh, How cute was that? That was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Online today, one of our uh, dear friends and family members here at the church, Winnie and Bert, uh, Winnie is a first-time mom. She's the newest first-time mom, so she's celebrating Mother's Day for the first time. And uh, Dulce is their little daughter, and we just love you guys. And I know you're watching online. We cannot wait to see her live and in person. I saw a picture. And they'll get to tell you their miracle story. Dulce is absolutely a miracle uh, that they've been praying for and believing for for some time. And so we have a gift for you guys and, uh, and we just appreciate you watching online. And everybody that's online today, all the moms, all the sisters, all the aunties, uh, everybody's day-to-day uh, that's uh, mom gender. Uh, we just love every, we love everybody. I want to honor a really special mom uh, here today. And, uh, and when she was a little girl, her one goal, if you'd asked her, what do you want to be when you grow up? Her answer was very simple, very clear, I wanna be a mom. And so all of her life, uh, that's been her goal, that's been her kind of thing that she's reached for, and this great mom raised five boys. In fact, her email address is mom of five boys, and she did that with poise and excellence and rescued them from me most of the time And, uh, and, and just demonstrated a love for her own children, but always had a heart because she was born to be a mom, just to stretch out and to embrace um, children, and always involved in in, in daycare uh, in our lives as long as we've been married. And uh, our first ministry post was in Oshawa, Ontario, and uh, oversaw a nursery school there. And then about 11 or 12 years ago, heart of the family uh, was birth, and Christina has masterminded uh, one of just few, uh, one or two 24-hour-a-day, seven-days-a-week daycares that exist in Canada. Uh, she's built it with excellence. And not only is she a mom to so many kids, what I love is when I go in and listen to her staff, uh, upwards to 60, who call her Mama and it is inevitably, there'll be a text that comes in in the night. uh, Mama, I need you right now. And uh, another, you know, a text back of encouragement. uh, Mama, my life is falling apart. And so she's mama in the workplace, mama out of the workplace, and not just in the workplace, But, mama, here in the house of God. And I love that Christina has embraced uh, our house, embraced so many of you and your children, and now your children's children. Honey, would you come up? We just want to honor today, uh, mama of the house. We just love you so much. Love you, sweetheart. Love you, sweetheart. I had to work really fast because I had a smash room lined up for you, and then I just (laughs) discovered that's not a good Mother's Day gift. (laughs) Tiffany, I am trying to imagine you in a smash room. Tiffany, and this is, I'll probably get myself in trouble saying this, but when you say girly girl, like Tiffany is one of the most feminine, beautiful, uh, graced women women that I know. And I just can't imagine you walking into a room to break things. You're a creator. You're delicate. You're beautiful. You're graced. That wine bottle must have been, that's why it bounced probably. You probably went, oh. (laughs) You'll never forget that one, that's for sure. But I'm glad you got a houseplant this year. All right. Oh, man. I want to start a new series today, uh, Digging Out the Wells. Um, I'm not sure that's the title. Karen had a better one. Oh, there it is. Redig your wells. (laughs) Thank you, Karen, for making me look good each and every week. I love you so much. Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks. What a problem. And so many herds, so many people in his workforce that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Lord, I pray in these next couple of weeks, few weeks probably, as we talk about redigging the wells and getting ready for the days ahead, Lord, I believe there are great days that we're living in right now and there are greater days ahead of us And Lord, as a church, we have not fulfilled all that is to be fulfilled. And Lord, we need to be prepared and ready, both in our own homes, Lord, as a corporate house of God, Lord, to be all that we can be and fulfill the dream in your heart, the dream you've placed in our hearts. And Lord, we know we're going to fulfill them with strength and with excellence today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Hey, you ever notice how this works? that uh, especially right now uh, with grass starting to grow, with uh, cutting your grass with a lawnmower, there's that guy on the street that's always first, It <clears throat> might be me, and, um, and he starts up his lawnmower, and away he goes, and it's like something, that sound. It's like you're sitting in the house or in the backyard, and you hear it, it's like, it begins, you say, I-, I need to cut my grass. And then it's like, almost like like a spell is cast, and you find yourself, now, maybe not everybody can relate to this, but you find yourself kind of walking towards the garage, and the next thing you know, there's like six or seven or eight lawnmowers in the neighborhood, all, they're all going, and, and uh, I, I, don't, I just think it's cool how that happens. It actually works that way with farmers as well. I grew up in an agricultural area, and, and there's always that farmer that was the first one out to work the fields, and some farmers were thinking, "Oh, I think it's a little early, and the fields are a little wet." And other farmers, but but somebody kind of gets it going, and then all the farmers kind of head out to the field uh, and start that spring work and the disking and the plowing, the planting. Well, in our story that I read today about Isaac, Isaac headed out one day to plant seed in his field. But nobody was following. In fact, they were kind of wondering what kind of crazy he was up to because there had been a famine. There was no rain. And so the ground, like the Dust Bowl, the United States and the Great Depression, um, if you're familiar with that part of history, and and the ground was so dry, so parched, you might as well throw your seed away. And the idea being that that what kind of crazy was he up to because you better eat the seed. If it was corn, you can, you can make cornmeal out of it. If it was wheat, you can make bread out of it. Um, and, and so what are you doing planting your seed? You might as well throw it away. But Isaac was a man that had trusted God. He trusted God's Word, and he knew that God was directing him to plant that seed. And even though all the world around him was telling him he's lost his mind, he obeyed God. And the great thing is that as we obey God, blessing, blessing is what happens when we obey God. We step out and listen to what God is saying. And sometimes it's difficult and sometimes we don't understand it. But the word of God comes, we read it or we hear it or God speaks to us and we say yes to God. There's a yes in our spirit. We always want to have a yes and amen to the glory of God in our spirit. Isaac goes out and his obedience brings blessing. And that blessing was a 100th time on his investment. A hundred times. Right now, if you get 6 or 7% money on your investments, wow, you're doing great. Can you imagine getting a 100% on your investment? And so Isaac's learning how to live in God's blessing. He's learning how to be in the blessing of God. And God was blessing him so he himself could be a blessing. And that Isaac would birth Jacob, and Jacob, would be, his name would be changed to Israel, God's plan for family on the earth, a God-centered family, and the power of God's family, which would be a picture of the house of God and the church family today. And as he walked in that obedience, and he walked in that prosperity to be an example to us that God wants to resource us, and God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing, but the Philistines, the enemy of God, they got, they got really angry that he was learning to live in blessing. you got to get this this morning, because there's a way to live in blessing. There's a way we have to adjust how we uh, live and learn to be, and it's, it's, it's normal to live in the blessing of God, and the enemy hated it. But the enemy can't touch Isaac's blessing, and the enemy can't touch your blessing. When God blesses, he gives a gift. God oversees the the protection of that blessing, and the enemy knows that he can't touch your blessing. And so the enemy was strategic and thought, how can we shrink Isaac down? He's too big. He's too blessed. How can we shrink him down and make make him smaller? And so this strategy that the enemy, the Philistines, but in our life, the enemy, the devil, the strategy in this New Testament tells us, don't be unaware that the, the enemy is smart and he strategizes. And so what he began to do was fill in Isaac's water wells, the wells that he used for life itself. He began to, to fill in those water wells. Now, living in a town or a city, we don't think a lot about wells. Uh, we open the taps and the water comes out. And it, we even have outside taps so that you can hook a hose up and water your grass and water your garden, wash your car, do all this stuff outside. There's that guy on every street, which is not me, but we have one on our street that washes his driveway about twice a week. Anybody have one of those guys, anybody is that guy? Anyway, um, if you're online, don't text, I'm that guy. Okay. And we don't even think about water, but if you grew up in a rural area in the country, uh, you know that you can't take Water for granted, and I, and I did. And in Southwestern Ontario, uh, the water table is low, and we had to ration out our water, uh, and we're very, very careful not to waste our very source of life. And some people spend thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to establish a really good well. Now I want you to think about a well for a minute. So it's basic for living, not today with our infrastructure of city and municipal water. But if we were living in the time of Isaac, it is essential for life itself. It's essential for your flocks and your herd. The blessings that were growing needed the flow of the life of the water to maintain it, to keep it alive, to keep it Growing. And in the same way, in the spirit realm, as God's blessing, we need the living water of the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives to maintain and keep what God is blessing going. But I'm telling you, the enemy will strategize to try to cut off Holy Spirit flow to your life. Not that he can do it from God to us, but that we would neglect the flow and the place of flow. Today, we're looking at wells and redigging the wells. We have all kinds of access to water when we talk about a well. There's really an unlimited supply under the ground, but you've got to access it. You've got to get to it. So Isaac inherited his father Abraham's land, and he would have inherited all his wells that came with that. And The Philistines hate Isaac being blessed. They can't touch his blessing, but they strategize to go after the life flow. And so all the wells that his father his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Now, I don't know how they did that. Uh, I don't think they had a dump truck that they just dumped because they didn't have dump trucks and just filled it in that way. But I know that in my own life and just pastoring over the years that what the enemy will typically do is just start kicking some dirt in your well a little bit at a time so that you can't notice it. It's not... It's not readily noticeable that the dirt level's coming up and the water level now, not going down, it's just not accessible. You can't can't get to it. And we start believing the lie that that flow that we knew, that flow that's important, that flow, that Holy Spirit flow that keeps keeps the water fresh and living, it keeps our blessing alive, keeps us hearing God and on track for God. What we begin to do is believe Believe that it's gone dry and we don't have access to it. I'm going to talk about some wells in the weeks to come. I'm going to talk about the well of physical healing. I'm gonna talk about the well of financial provision. I'm gonna talk about the well of deliverance and God setting people free from the worst kind of bondages because that's what God does and that's the God we serve and the blessings of what God's called us to in this region, it's important that we understand that we have to have the flow to sustain the blessing and sustain the plan of God. and We have to have that in our own lives and families as well. So we start to shrink back sometimes And we'll talk about healing in a couple weeks, but we pray for a couple sick people or someone in our own family, perhaps, and we don't see healing, and immediately we think that the flow of healing has stopped up, and it's not there, and we go, oh, well, and we move on to another well. I still have this well, or I still have that well. But think of the strategy of this, and so Isaac had a lot of wells, and they each had names, and so let's say you start with 10, and one gets dirt kicked in it, so now we have nine. That's okay. We have nine now. Are we eight, seven, six? The whole time, all of those herds and flocks, and it began, It begins. They're on rations now, and he begins to live on rations and being being shrunk instead of living in the enlargement and the expansion that God had a number of months ago. I shared with you a prophetic word that I believe that God gave us in first in the natural and the spiritual. There's the principle of the scriptures. And I said to you, I stepped out on a limb, you know, obeying God, that God wanted to bring expansion to our region, and we would see it in the natural. And so um, all you have to do is drive around, even in the last several months, uh, the housing market, the number of places that are being built. And I, I smiled when I heard that um, the Great Wolf Lodge has already purchased property in Cornwall, to build its next uh, indoor water theme park, not the Niagara Falls one. The big boys from the United States are coming, and people are predicting it will absolutely change the landscape of our community because of the infrastructure of hotels and restaurants and everything that will come. And, and so, uh, I, you know, we need to continue praying that that will take place because I believe that's part of the expansion. Say expansion. Expansion. And so in the natural, we see expansion. Well, God wants to expand his kingdom in this region as well. But those that he's called on, Harvest Christian Fellowship, we've dug out some wells. I was thinking this morning about how we were just praising God and worshiping the sound. And I got a little weepy because 19 years ago when Christina and I kind of broke the ground with a team here to establish the church, there wasn't a sound of praise like that in this region. And, and we came against a lot of opposition in those early days. You guys are crazy. You guys are too boisterous. You guys are too emotional. And we said, yeah, we are. And we're going to get more emotional and boisterous. Yeah. And, yeah. And to hear, like, 19 years, that was a well, a flow of worship, which is going to be one of the wells I talk about because we're pretty good with that well, that flow of worship that sustains so much in this house and in this region. And so we need all the wells. Say all the wells. Because God's about to do something great. He's doing something great. Isaac reopened the wells, redug the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up. So here's this man of faith. He steps up and he sows seed. He's experiencing this. The last thing he's going to do is be reduced. And so his answer to, I want expansion, is I'm going to redig the wells and make sure we have flow in all of our wells. And so he, he, he starts to do that. He refuses to be shrunk and put on rations because he knows God has expansion for him. He moved on from there and he dug another well. And he named it Rehoboth, saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Not only did he redig the wells he had, he dug some new ones. And now I'll talk to you about some new wells that we need to dig here at Harvest. And We dig them for the generations to come, and we want that flow of water and sustainability in the spirit. These are principles. You know, when a church is first planted, um, it it doesn't have access to all those wells unless there were forefathers or they built on the shoulders or, or, you know, there's a lot of different ways it can happen, but when it's grassroots in the ground brand new, it takes years to dig and to establish sustainability of the things of God. And we're in a prime time 19 years in as there's an infrastructure of wells that we understand. But you know, over the last two years, hey, come on, the enemy's kicked some dirt in our personal wells and in our church well. Just saying, it's, it, we just have to acknowledge that and say, let's take some time to be intentional to clean out some of the wells. I'll say it this way, where there is a well there's a way for God to move. Or where there's a well, there is room for God to move. And so God, there's so many things that are inherently connected with a house of God that'll worship him, manifest presence. We've talked about all these principles. Without that, there isn't divine healing. There isn't the move of the Holy Spirit. So one of the basic things for a church in establishing is a well of worship. Well, we have that strong well here. And we need to let that water continually bubble. And I, I'm sharing these ideas with you so you can kind of understand the, the analogy of why I'm talking about let's redig some wells. So let's get the ones dug out that maybe weariness or whatever it might be in these last two years. Because we want to we want to do this Isaiah 12 3. With joy you will draw water from the wells, plural of salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. It's so much easier to do the work of God under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit when it's flowing than when you gotta dig in the dry ground and make it happen. And so we wanna we wanna we're in a time where it's easier to do the things of God. Not easy, but easier, but in the obedience and the blessing of God. So in the next couple of weeks, as I said, I want to identify some specific wells that we're gonna get the dirt out of. Because we want to arrive at, we want to arrive at Rehoboth. Say Rehoboth. That's a well that, uh, without going into a lot of explanation today, it means place of expansion, room to grow. It was quite a well. It was the well that said we believe in our destiny, we believe in the dream that God put in our heart. We, would, we believe in our families. We believe in our children. We believe in ourselves. We believe in what God's called us to and we recognize and realize that we've not fulfilled it all yet. There's more to do. Somebody say more. There's more to do, and if we're not gonna do it, we're gonna cheer our grandchildren and our children to do it as a generational church and generational families, and we want to live in the blessing of God and learn to intentionally understand what it is. And even if we tick the Philistines off, we say, that's okay, we're keeping the wells going, we're not gonna be shrunk, we're gonna be expanded. Somebody say, yeah. Yeah. And so with joy, with joy we're gonna do this. Today I want to focus on a well. It's just in the few moments that we have left. I need it to set this up, and uh, it'll just, I'll refer to it as we go, but just this, this principle of needing to, um, whatever the enemy's done to convince us that the flow of the Holy Spirit's not there in specific areas, wells of salvation, all of the graces that God gives us for what Jesus purchased on the cross, if we're not accessing it, It's because we either don't have a well or because it's been filled in. All right? In the last days, before I read that, the well I want to look at today is the well of family. The well of family. And for somebody that was wondering if I'd get around to saying something about Moms and Mother's Day, I've arrived. Here we are. But it's not just for moms, it's for dads, it's for everybody that's involved. We have foster parents, uh, we have people that look after other people's children. I mean, today, uh, for everybody, the promise of a family that's flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I'll stop there for a minute. God says, there's a plan in my heart, and as we get closer to the end, There may be some things that will upset people. But Jesus said, I don't want you to focus on the things that upsets us and kind of some difficulty in the world because God says I'm about I'm about stuff, I'm doing stuff and I'm going to pour out my holy Spirit on the earth and the earth is going to turn to God like it never has before. Some people call it revival. some people call it awakening but God just said it's a last day harvest which is why we called our church what we called it 19 years ago because the promise of a last day move of God, Christine and and I, we birthed uh, with the team, birthed this church with that so true in our heart. We knew that we knew that we knew that we were a part. We wanted to be a part of God's promise of pouring his Holy Spirit out on the earth so that people would be drawn and come to Jesus. Did you know it's not supposed to be an exception when somebody gets saved? It's supposed to be normal. It's a sign of a growing healthy thing when when God is causing people to be drawn, and your friends and your neighbors and your loved ones, yeah, are coming to Jesus. In the last days, God says, I'm gonna do something so cool. You're gonna see a lot of people get saved. Roy's paraphrase. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. What he's saying is, it's my God says my expectation your sons and daughters, that you, this will be a family affair. That there will be strength, not only in the family of God, but there will be strength in family, in generational understanding of the principles of God. That in families, seeing and demonstrating God's power, living intentionally in God's blessing, that our children would grow up stronger knowing the promises of God. Their children even stronger than that. The promise of God, that's what he's doing. This amazing plan. Parents are involved. Children are involved. Old people are involved. Young people are involved. You decide which which you are. All serving God together. A well of family strength. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. This word heritage means inheritance. If you've ever received an inheritance, it's because somebody had a will. And they willed you their earthly belongings. It was their will, their last will and Testament, to give you resources. And the, the idea was that you would be willed their will to give you resources so that your, their generation now finished, that that next generation, the generation you're living in, and it's their will as you receive it, that you would be stronger in your generation, a step up and ahead because of what they left you from their generation. Uh-huh, you following me? Well, the Bible says that God's last will, I'm not saying it that way because God's everlasting. It doesn't have a last will in Testament. But God's will is that children in our homes, our natural children, our foster children, our adopted children, our next-door neighbor children, however this you, God speaks to you today to apply this, it is God's will as an inheritance to reward, to reward us. It goes on to say like arrows in the hand of a warrior Our children's born in one youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. That in the house of God, the quiver was the place of preparation. And when it's time, arrows are pulled out and launched for the kingdom's sake to to cause God's will in a region to come to fulfillment. The well of resource that we need is the well of our children growing in the house of God, knowing the principles of God and coming into their destinies, coming into their callings, and fulfilling the call of God like arrows to ward off the Philistine forces in this region, and so that God's plan of blessing can grow larger and larger and larger. Are you following me today? Are you getting this today? And that's why we do Kids Camp. And Brittany was sharing this morning of all the things that God is doing. And we would pour in. It's one of the funnest things we do. And to see our little kids. and, and to, uh, There's so many kids here at Harvest that love the house of God. Uh, Caleb Rowe is probably back in production along with my son today. And, and uh, uh, they're, they're, just, they're kids of the house that have grown up loving the house of God, serving the house of God. That's normal. That's normal. It's supposed to be normal and that that well to draw from. And that doesn't mean that when someone gets saved, you come, you go, you mean if I I didn't get saved as a kid and grow up in the church, am I a second-class citizen? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But understand as we're looking at the scriptures that God's made promise to families who've been serving God and trusting God for the resource, the well of our children and our families. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior. All your children, say all. Here's a promise. All your children will have God for their teacher. What a mentor for your children. I love it that my kids have had mentors growing up and people they've looked up to. But can you imagine the promise here is that God himself, is your children's mentor. I'm gonna ask the team to come up. Christina, can you join me up here beside me? I'm gonna shift gears here a little bit. I'm talking about the well of family. What a powerful promise from the Lord, that God himself is their teacher and their mentor. I want to commend our families here at Harvest, our children's workers, our host team, our dream team, all the people that are involved with kids, but specifically to moms and dads, whether you're a foster mom and dad, or however you would just kind of, the place you would find yourself today. Whether your children are grown and you're in the season of grandchildren and uh, we did this crazy thing where we have 17 years from top to bottom, and I was a grandpa and a dad all at the same time, which was really weird, and a grandma and, and, uh, and a mom at the same time, and uh, I, I say I don't recommend it. I mean, we did it, and it's great, and if I don't recommend it, it means I have to do away with one of my kids, so I mean, it, it's all awesome, but it just it, it has stretched us to be grandparents and parents all at the same time. But I want to commend our parents here, and I love watching uh, our parents. Sarah, you just, you rock it as a mom, and just love your kids, and I love hugging your kids, and our kids are growing in the house of God, and learning the principles, the principles of God. Did our team hear that they're supposed to be here? They're not being very obedient. (laughs) Love that our kids work on the dream team with their parents, and Stories of our children having their own encounters with Jesus. I just heard one last week of uh, a five-year-old little boy that understood with clarity and said to his mom, I want to invite, they're doing bedtime prayers, I want to invite Jesus into my heart, mommy. And they began to pray. He teared up. And there was a moment right there where his little heart has been forged uh, to follow after Jesus, loving the house of God. But here's the deal. You might be, can I hold your hand? You might be like Christina and I today. You're sitting here as a parent and you realize that the enemies kicked some dirt in your well. Maybe your kids are teenagers or adults now. And like our, some of our children, they're not living in the destinies God has written for them. I've never really stood up here and shared pain of my own heart of that. But I realize today I think it's important to really get this well cleared out, not only in my home, but children not following after God in their teen years, or, you know, people are afraid of rebellion amongst teenagers, that is an exception. That is not normal. And I need to say that with strength and clarity. Because I think, because as we oversee Harvest Christian Fellowship, I think the enemy has lied to some people that you would almost, well, if Pastor and and his kids, what hope would we have? And you need to tell the Philistine that he's a filthy, dirty liar. You hang on and we're hanging on for the promises. Every one of my five boys has had hands laid on them and prophetic word that's gone over their lives. We had a promise from God in 1992 that one of our children would be lost, not one. Now, when you're holding your little kids and they're running around and, you know, five and six years old and lifting their hands going, I love Jesus, you wouldn't think for a minute that that might change. And I kind of, you know, we didn't even question then, why would we get a prophetic word that we wouldn't lose one of our kids? Ah, (laughs) because we needed a promise from God. We have grandchildren who know nothing about the house of god we love our kids we love our grandchildren we don't approach it we don't i very seldom talk to my children about the things of god unless a door opens or they initiate because i believe in being sensitive and and just waiting for those moments it's not my job to hit them over the head or the holy spirit works really hard i'm not always good at that but for the most part I realize that. And I'm just saying that we love them and we're proud of them and they're amazing, but there's a longing in our heart that they would live in the blessing of God and fulfill what God has placed on their heart. And I suspect, I suspect we're not alone today. I suspect that there are others in the room today that may be experiencing what we're experiencing or maybe with your grandchildren. And I'm just saying, let's dig out the well. Just two simple, two simple principles of how to do that. Number one, acknowledge that there's water in the ground. I don't care where your children are at right now. I don't care what they're doing. And sometimes it's hard to say that as parents because we don't always know and sometimes they want to tell us and I go, please don't tell me. <laughs> I'd rather not know. It wrecks with my faith Sometimes. But if a king's heart is in the hands of the Lord and he can turn it in a moment, he can do the same with our children. Acknowledge that there's water in the ground. Let your faith rise in your heart to believe afresh today. We just talked briefly this morning, but I'm gonna have you pray in a second, but I just felt like it's been a while since we just held hands and just prayed for that well because I kinda wonder maybe we just moved on and thought, They're adults now, they're doing their own thing, they're responsible before God, but we're the ones that can dig out that well and call on God and say, God, don't don't forget your promise. So that's number one, let faith rise in your heart. Let me give, if you're a mom here and this great mom right here, the Lord says, a sound is heard in Ramah, the sound of bitter weeping. Rachel is crying for her children, they're gone. And she refuses to be comforted. Rachel was the mother of uh, Israel. Uh, she was uh, um, Jacob's wife, and she would become Israel's wife, and the mother, quite quite, literally, of Israel. And this is in Jeremiah when the sons and daughters of Israel have been taken into captivity. And they had thought they would never come back to the promised city of Jerusalem. And she began to weep. Now, Rachel wasn't weeping literally, but it's a picture of the mother's heart of Israel, the mother's heart of this promise of children raised in the house of God, beginning to weep and beginning to cry, refusing to be comforted. You gotta get this, because she thought they were gone. She thought they were lost. And so it wasn't, it was a prayer of lament. It wasn't a prayer of faith. It was a prayer of pain, and pain that had gotten so dark And so full of grief that it was thought, she thought, they're gone forever. They'll never return. The Lord says, there's a power of a mother's prayer even with tears and a grandmother's prayer even with tears. Stop your crying and wipe away your tears. All that you have done for your children will not go unrewarded. All that you've done for your children will not go unrewarded. I know that moms feel like sometimes my kids don't notice what I do. My kids haven't seen the deposit. No, they don't, just like we didn't. But the Lord sees it all. It will not go unrewarded. They will Return from the enemy's land. There is hope for your future. Your children will come back home. I, the Lord, have spoken.
2: <laughs>
1: Notice the wording. There is hope for your future. You see, as a church, literally our future is in the hands of our children and our grandchildren. Again, not that spiritual children and grandchildren aren't a part of the house, they are, but there's a strength in the longevity of generations. And this well, because it was attack on us personally, I just felt like I needed to expose it, we don't talk about it, and part of it, because I it just can be funny when people talk to my kids and they have, oh, we prayed for you on church on Sunday. And they don't receive that positively because they're not in a place maybe to receive that. So I'm always very careful what I do publicly. But I felt like the cost was too high because this isn't just about us. This is about a well in the whole house and that people need to know it's normal that children grow and love the house of God and go on to do great things in the house of God. So number two, change your prayers from lament a prayer of loss and pain to a, pray, a, a, a prayer of praise, thanking God for his promise, your children will come home. Now, if that's you today, and you're just gonna stand with, you know, you stand, is gonna pray, but if you can relate to our story and you want your family well open, just stand right where you are, husbands, wives, whoever you are, just stand up right now. Yeah. Some pain in the room. Let's turn it into praise today because I believe God can redig this well. And if you remember the words that have gone over them, the words that you remember at their baby dedications, where you dedicated them before the Lord, you bring that promise to God right now because when they were babies, you held them up to God and said, I promise to do my part, God, if you promise to do yours. And God's about to bring some stories have children that are coming back to the house of God. And by the way, I refuse to call them prodigals only because that has negative connotations. I don't like the word because of the way we've defined it. But people, children coming to the house of God. Are you are you good to do this? Are you good to do this? Are you okay to do this? Christina's heart right now is going to turn from mourning to want to praise. Join us. We're praying for your families and for our family. We're redigging the well. Let's do it.
0: Father we're- Children, God, we're not calling them prodigals. God, we're calling them our kids. Father, those that we chose to bring into this world, those that we chose to love and nurture and bring them up, but Father, we're not giving them up today. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: Come on. We're not giving them up to the enemy. No. We're asking, God, that you will take the blinders off their eyes, God, that you will wave away the, the fuzziness, God, that they will come back to their roots, God, that they will come back to their calling. their hearts. You will begin to soften their hearts, God. You will begin to open their eyes. Father, you will begin to show them the love that they're missing. God, bring them home. God, bring them home to their families. God, not only, but bring them home to you, God. As you stand with your arms open, Father, that this morning, regardless of where they are, regardless of what they're doing, regardless of what they're thinking, God, you will clear their Father, you will clear their eyes. Father, you will clear their hearts and open them up, God. Jesus, we're just praying for those lost, for those that have thought this is so much better than that, but they've been so deceived by the world, God. They've been so blinded by the things that are dangling in front of their eyes, the things that look so appealing, the things that look so tasteful, the things that look so good. And God, yet they're just deceived. Father, we're praying for our kids this morning, They're not just my kids, all our kids, God, all those that have destinies for the kingdom yes, of God. Oh God, all those that have yes, destiny yes, to, to take yes. us higher. Oh, well. Father, Jesus. we thank you, God, for thank what you. you've done. Yes, God, Lord. we thank you for what you are doing. Yes, oh God. God, we pray for those that are younger than those that are lost, and God, you will protect them. Yes, Lord protect their minds protect their eyes those that are going off to college and university God protect them
1: yes Lord Lord Jesus. You,
0: Jesus we're trusting you God. We trust you we have no one else father yes Lord. we have no one else that we can trust God but we know oh God. the Almighty Father the Almighty King the Almighty One still rules Thank you, Lord. Still sees the beginning from the end. Yes, their destinies you know are intact. We trust, we
1: trust you today. We thank we you, Lord.
0: You. We praise you. We
1: worship you. Thank God. you, Lord. Because you are the Almighty King. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, Jesus. You know, I was just thinking, yeah, Amen. Go ahead, thank the Lord. With praise, we're thanking him for what he's doing. They are not lost. Hey, you know, I was thinking, probably just like people can relate that we're go ahead and be seated, that we're standing. You also could probably go ahead and be seated. You also probably can relate to this. We've got a lot more tools in our tool belt today than we had back then. And we did the best that we could do with the tools we had. Sometimes as moms and dads, we just we feel like oh, the enemy could just beat us up because we have all these tools and we didn't have these tools. We got these tools now, but we didn't have them then. The enemy will often whisper in my ear and say, you know, look at the well, and look at this family well, and I kind of say, I wish I had, and God reminds me, but you didn't have those tools. You did the best with the ones you had, the ones I'd given you then. Somebody needs to hear this to be set free today because you're being held that it's your fault. You see, the Bible says this, and I mean, we misrepresented God to our kids. I, I, I mean, I can say that unequivocally because we often portrayed God as a hard taskmaster. I did, you didn't. But I certainly did, presented God as a hard taskmaster because that's the way I saw God. And for some of our children, they don't want to serve that God. And so what God reminds me is, but you love them and I love them. And the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. And God says, so you think you blew it so bad that I can't redeem this? First of all, you didn't blow it that bad. I, yeah, you could have you portrayed me a little bit better, but here's the deal, I'm in, I, I love him perfectly, and so don't you. But God loves perfectly. Just continue to praise you, dig out this well of family, and as there's nothing wrong with saying to your children, if that, if that was you, hey, I misrepresented God to you, I just need you to know that and I'm really sorry. And as I've grown in my relationship with God, I realize that grace is so wonderful. And I wish I'd known about it more than I know then the way I know it now. And if you approached your children legalistically, and many of us did, like, if you do that, you're going to hell. Which in that moment is not the most important thing. In that moment it is the love of God and God's faithfulness and how good God is. Because it's the goodness of God that causes a person to change their mind and repent so if you're struggling with any of those things, let that go, because you can't have faith for your well if the enemy's got you living in self-pity and got you living wishing you could have done it different. Do business, deal with it, and move into your preferred future for your family. Amen? With every head bowed right now, one more time we're going to pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're in the room today. You've never given your life to Jesus. We don't end a service unless we do this. Stay, stay here with me, baby. If you're here today the Bible says that when we give our lives to God we're born again that means we're born in sin separated from God that well of life that Holy Spirit life isn't in us If you're here today wondering is there more to life than what I'm experiencing the answer is yes Jesus died that you could have eternal life it begins the day he comes into your life chances are a mom somewhere's been praying for you or a grandma somewhere or a mother figure has been praying for you today her prayer is gonna get answered you're here today saying, Pastor, I want to invite Jesus into my life. If that's you, I'm just going to count down. Every head bowed, eye closed. Five, four, three, and I'll say one. And when I say one, lift your hand and say, include me in the prayer. I want to know Jesus today. In five, four, three, two, and one. Is there anyone in the room? Just lift your hands so I can see it. Yeah, back there. This gentleman right here. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, come on. Give it up. Church, we know what to do. This is amazing. These people have raised their hands today to invite Jesus in their life. I want to invite you, if you raise your hand, to pray this prayer with us. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. I want to serve you all the days of my life. Amen. Hey, we believe if you prayed a prayer like that for the first time, you are born again. Jesus is in your heart. Congratulations on this Mother's Day. Hey, stand with us today. We're gonna to sing. Someone will dismiss you in just a moment.
2: It's your breath in our lungs, so we. So we- In our lives so we.